thank you, God, for your presence that is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, can we just continue to flow in that vein? God, we thank you for your presence that is here and your glory. God, we worship and adore you. We magnify you and lift you up in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, see, Sister Monique starting off with some of those, I guess what we like to call old school songs. I like to call them throne room songs.
Every day, workers in America are forced to make the unthinkable choice between caring for themselves and their loved ones and keeping You know, I 
take that for myself as God you've given so much that I can't withhold anything from you but you deserve it all you deserve all the glory you deserve all the honor you deserve all the worship you deserve all the praise you deserve our whole mind body soul because God you have been so good As we move on to our corporate prayer for today, our prayer of praise, Father, we praise you that you are a God that makes wonderful promises. We promise you that you promise life, peace, and joy. You promise a world ruled by a perfect ruler who loves and cares for his subjects. Father, we praise you that you are faithful to all your promises. We praise you that you have the power to ensure that not a word of your promises ever falls to the ground. We praise you that even when men seek in their evil to obstruct your plans, you use their evil to bring your plans to fulfillment. We praise you that we can have complete confidence in all of your promises, including the promises that one day we will see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face in glory. 
Father, we praise you that you make your promises to those who do not deserve them. We praise you that though we have rejected your authority and refused to give thanks for your provision, you have promised your people an eternity under your perfect rule and a world full of abundance, a banquet of the best of meats and finest of wines. We praise you that you have done what was necessary for these promises to come to fulfillment, that you have sent your Son to seal the covenant of your promises in his own blood, so that we may have confidence that though our sins are scarlet, you will wash them white as snow. Father, we praise you that when we have received every blessing that you have promised, we will not rejoice so much in the glory of the world around us, but in the face and presence of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. We praise you that every blessing we receive from your hand is the overflow of the glories of your character. And for this we say, Amen. Our prayer of confession for today is, Father, we come before you as our maker and our judge, conscious of our rebellion against you, conscious that though you are our provider and our sustainer, we reject you. We have rejected you. Father, we confess that though you are the most glorious, the most beautiful, and the most awesome thing in our universe, up in the universe, our hearts are cold to you. We acknowledge that, and we consider knowledge of you cheap, and we acknowledge the way we feel. Father, we confess that we do not do your will. We confess that throughout our lives, we have rejected what you have said to be good and embrace that which is evil. Father, as we consider that Jesus Christ was obedient unto death, we confess that at the smallest inconvenience or hardship or denial of pleasure involved in obedience, we quickly turned away from doing what pleases you. Sometimes even the effort of trying to understand whether or not something is your will is just too much trouble for us. We confess that if disobedience makes the slightest offer of pleasure or comfort, we too often take it, ignoring the promises of life that you have made to those who follow you. Please forgive us and change us that we might have hearts responsive to your word. Father, we confess that one of the ways we disobey you is in our lack of service toward others. We know that so often we refuse to relinquish our interest for the sake of others. Though we know that Christ was prepared to go to the cross, in the service of us who deserved nothing of the kind. We are so often slow to lay aside our needs for the sake of others. We know we, well, we make excuses and we rationalize why our needs should come first, forgetting that the Lord Jesus Christ has called us to follow him as a servant. Father, as we consider our sin, we are sorry for how little we pray to you that sin may not reign in our hearts, how little we cry out to you for strength to resist sin in our lives. We pray that you would give us a greater concern for obedience so that we may pray daily for your strength to resist evil. We bring our hearts 
before you, Lord, full of evil and selfishness, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by his bloodshed for our sake, we ask that you hear our prayer. Have mercy upon us, forgive us, cleanse us, and change us for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a and princesses and prince this is the day that the lord has made let us rejoice in it and be glad and today i am reverend chaplain dewana 
and I give you greetings from God's house of salvation and I serve with my husband Reverend David Gatling and we greet you with Jesus's joy on this day that the Lord has made I give honor to God who is head of my life and I thank him for this day we're starting this sermon today and I must say that it was very challenging to write because it had me all over the map but I know God is a God of guidance and a God of deliverance and that God is not going to take you anywhere that he does not want you to go so I just trust the process and I and I know that it's going to be a blessing because God is all in it. Amen. Turn with me to Lamentations chapter 1 verse 1. Lamentations chapter 1 verse 1. It reads, Jerusalem, once it so full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow, once the queen of all the earth. She is now a slave. Let me just repeat that one verse in Lamentations chapter 1 verse 1. Jerusalem, once so full of people, is now deserted. She who was once great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen, once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. If I had to give this a topic, a subject, I would say the aftermath of spinning out of control. The aftermath of spinning out of control. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. You don't know my pain, as we often say. You judge based on your inference. You judge based on the way you see things. You want me to go back to the same, but it's not the same. Life is changing. However, the change hasn't connected to the changes in our present life. The other side of the parachute, that is segregation, determination, demonstration, interrogation, aggravation, and humiliation. Today, seems like daily risk behaviors as we think in terms of risk activities like skydiving deep sea diving we have to enjoy the experience enjoying the view letting us begin to open up our minds to god trust open trusting the process through jesus that strengthens us but when we jump out and the parachute won't open, oh my, there's trauma, instant trauma, just like life with trauma that happens. As a person of color, it seems as if most days are like the parachute that will not open. Scripture says in the first John chapter four, verse one. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. We all, at some point in life, things will happen. As we look at Lamentations, while the author of Lamentations remains nameless within the book, strong evidence from both inside and out of the text points to the prophet Jeremiah as the author. Both Jewish and Christian tradition 
ascribes authorship to Jeremiah. The Greek translation of the Old Testament even adds a note asserting that Jeremiah as the writer of the book. In addition, when the early Christian church father Jerome translated the Bible into Latin, he added a note claiming that Jeremiah as the author of Lamentations. So there we go. The original name of the book in Hebrew, A.K., can be translated alas, or how giving the sense of weeping or lamenting over some, some sad event. Later, the readers and the translators substituted in the title in the title to be Lamentations because of its clear and more uh, meaning. It's this idea of lamenting that, for many, that link Jeremiah to the book. Not only does the author of the book witness the results of the recent destruction of Jerusalem, he seems to have witnessed the evasion itself. And we can go to Lamentations chapter 1 and read verses 13 to 15. Jeremiah was present for both events. He was there. So where are we? How lonely sits the city that was full of people, as ascribed in Lamentations 1.1. So goes the beginning of Lamentations. The city in question was none other than Jerusalem. Jeremiah walked through the streets and alleys of the holy city and saw nothing but pain and suffering and destruction in the wake of Babylon invasion of 586 BC. It also made sense to date the book as close to the invasion as possible, meaning late 586 BC or 585 BC due to the raw emotion Jeremiah expresses throughout his pages. So why is Lamentation so important? It is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Like the book of Job, Lamentation pictures a man of God puzzling over the results of evil and suffering in the world. However, while Job dealt with unexplained evil, Jeremiah lamented a tragedy entirely of Jerusalem's making. The people of this great city experienced the judgment of the holy God and the results were devastating. But at the heart of this book, at the center of this lament over the effects of sin in the world, sit a few verses devoted to hope in the Lord. And we can reference that if we, as we go through the book of Lamentations to chapter 3. Verses 22-25 This statement of faith, standing strong in the midst of the surroundings, darkness shines as a beacon to all those suffering under the consequences of their own sin and disobedience. So what's the big deal? Well, as the verses of Lamentations accumulate, we, the reader, cannot help but wonder how many different ways Jeremiah could describe the desolation of the once proud city of Jerusalem. There were children begging for food from their mothers. We found that in chapter 2, verse 12. Young men and women were cut down by the swords. We found that in verse 21, the same chapter. And formerly compassionate mothers they used their children for food, and we found that in chapter 4, verse 10. Even the city's roads mourned, mourned over its conditions, and that was chapter 1, verse 4. Jeremiah could not help but acknowledge the state of the city, piled with rubble. Don't we see that today? 
the pain so evident in Jeremiah's reaction to this devastation clearly communicates the significance of the terrible condition in Jerusalem. Speaking in the first person, I must add, Jeremiah pictured himself captured in a besieged city without anyone to hear his prayers. Don't we feel that sometimes? We feel besieged and nobody hearing us. God is not hearing us. And as a target for the arrows of the enemy. Don't we hear that? Yet even in this seemingly hopeless situation, he somehow found hope in the Lord. We can attest to that if we go to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through 24, to help us out with that. Furthermore, Lamentations reminds us of the importance not only of mourning over our sin, but of asking God for his forgiveness when we fail him. Much of Jeremiah's poetry concerns itself with the falling bricks and the cracking martyr of the overrun city. Do you see any of this destroyed city in your own life? We can all look at ourselves and ask that question. Are you mourning over the sin that's brought us to this point or you to this point? We can look at this and and think about this as well. Do you feel at times overrun by alien power? And I mean that because you don't recognize it. It's strange to you. Are you in need of some hope from the Lord today? Well, I'm telling you to go to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 17 through 26, where you'll find someone aware of sin's consequences and saddened by the results, but who has placed his hope and his trust in the Lord. And we must do the same. Another thing we must do is to cut off and prune. We're going to have to cut off some people, not necessarily to hurt them, but we just have to just distance ourselves because God is doing a great work in us and we need to give our attention to him. We didn't say that we can't meet people at the altar in tough times. We will always be able, we should always want to pray and use our resources to help others and help people find resources to help themselves. We have delivery for everything. We can have Uber and Lyft pick up people. We can have Uber Eats and grocery stores deliver food to people, allowing us to not overload ourselves. We also have social media streams allowing us to FaceTime in critical times of prayer and so on. So we have options to be able to still help people, but not just run our energy that we need to take to God and instead of giving it to others and not being able to give to God. In today's time, people have this gang mentality that is what either you're all in or you're not in my friends are my friends and sometimes we are all in partially in or we're busy and and we get back and we just say i'll get back with you when i can people today have issues with this this tells me that there's no adaptability to situations And that is just sad. I may call with issues and at the end you hear, I'll pray for you. And if you need anything, let me know. Well, my response is always, did you hear my words? I am hurting. Jesus hears us and we have to know that. Where our friends may may disconnect, Jesus doesn't disconnect. He hears us. That's always a ram in the bushes, for, according to God. He always has a ram waiting for us. And there's always a bomb in Gilead to heal and re- to restore us. The human spirit is amazingly resilient. 
most of us stand a pretty good chance of being exposed to some kind of trauma life directly or indirectly by the same token most of us have a remarkable ability to survive and adapt and respond time eventually heals most of our wounds in addition to its benefit effect beneficial effects our ability to get through this difficult experience depends upon several factors our coping mechanisms we developed over the years the quality of our relationships with family and friends the degree to which we maintain a strong connection with our church and our faith community or our small support groups these are all very important in most cases the process of adjustment takes place over a period of three months usually in that three month period can seem like an eternity when you're in the middle of madness but take heart it will come to a conclusion and you'll eventually see a light at the end of the tunnel and that light that's guiding you through and taking you through the process is the holy spirit maybe your parachute involves triggers and that is an open-ended road that we need just that we need jesus to get through our senses can be the vehicle of the trigger to out our inner being such as our smells the environment people clothes someone has on some clothes that people have on a song that we hear the holidays a, a death date travel food drinks and so on and so on and so on triggers can be anything that brings back thoughts feelings or memories that have to do with our addiction external triggers are the persons places and things that remind us of the days we used these need to be avoided at all costs on the other hand internal triggers are the emotions and thoughts that surround our desire to use in the past so how can we avoid triggers well there are a lot of things that we can do and god tells us first of all we have to pray recognize the temptation and pray for strength say no matthew 26 41 tells us about this submit to god that's another thing choose god's will instead of allowing our emotions and thoughts to lead us you can go over to james chapter 4 verse 7 to help you out with that stay accountable to a sponsor or a mentor we all need sponsors and mentors for our various stages in life you don't know everything but you have something to offer to somebody like somebody has something to offer you you need someone who can ask the heart that you can go to to ask the hard questions and hold you accountable. Proverbs 11 verse 14 addresses that. Sometimes you just have to change your lifestyle. If you just follow the process, it'll be easily done. We can look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 to help us with that create a new habit and a new way of doing things we must say in this scripture therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation and the old has passed away behold the new has come so the old you is no more and behold the new you is on the rise for today for us today he rose we weren't meant to go through life weak tired anxious and bitter the word of god says in jeremiah chapter 30 verse 17 for i will restore health to you and i will heal your wounds 
says the Lord. And in conclusion, I just want to say, give your broken pieces of your life to Jesus. God can demolish your trash can. Don't put anything out of the trash can. Once it's in the trash can, give it to God and let him deal with it. Jesus is standing at the door knocking. Open the door. Don't ignore the knock. Don't open the door. But not let Jesus in. Let me say that again. Jesus is standing at your door knocking. Please open the door. Don't ignore the knock. Open open your door and let him in. Don't just let him in, but listen to him and let him sit with you. God loves us all and values all of us. We matter too. So hold your head up. Continue to turn on the triune God. Know that in Ephesians chapter 12, chapter 3, verse 12, it says, In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. What this means truly is listen carefully unto the holy of holies, to the throne of grace there, and to God the Father as seated on it. Christ is the way of access, union to him, give right of access. Through his meditation, his people have audiences of God and acceptance with him, both of person and service. And this access is with boldness, which denotes liberty of coming, granted by God, and a liberty in their own souls to speak out their minds plainly and freely, and a holy courage and integrity of soul being free from 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 being fearful and a spirit of bondage, which is owning to the heart, being sprinkled from an evil conscience to an act of faith on the person blood and righteousness of Christ and to a view of God as a God of peace, a God of grace and a God of mercy. And this access may be had with confidence by, by the faith of him with the confidence of interest in the everlasting love of God of relation to him as a covenant God and father of his power, faithfulness, and willingness to fulfill his promises of his hearing and answering prayer to the fullness of Christ, the prevalence of his meditation and of the acceptance of persons and performances through him and of the work of grace being carried on to the day of Christ. And of entrance at last unto the heavenly glory. And this access is not local but spiritual. It is by faith and so is peculiar. I'm sorry. It is peculiar to the believer. And this confidence with which it may be had arises from its being from the faith of Christ. Not that faith which Christ himself had and exercised as man, but that of which he is both the object and author, or that by which souls believed in him for acceptance, for righteousness, for pardon, for every supply of grace, and for eternal life and happiness. Know that the triune God will get us through. Know this, for I will restore health to you, and I will heal your wounds, says the Lord. So when your heart is broken, God can mend it. When your mind is filled with anxious thoughts, God can restore your peace. When your emotions are unsteady like a roller coaster, God can bring stability. When your body is in pain or you're you're diagnosed with a disease, 
know that God can heal it. God can can handle all of our trauma and all of our triggers, and he's with us in the parachute as we're jumping out, trying to do something different. God is right there. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, and may the Lord of peace himself grant you peace in every circumstance. God desires that we all walk in his peace at all times. He is always ready and available to grant us peace in every circumstance. And I want to close another scripture. Keep We have to keep 20, Psalms 23 verse 4 close to us. When we face the dark sunless spaces and the parachute is not opening and we're we're going downward. We have to know that we are not alone. The world wants us to feel as if we are depleted and we're alone and we mean nothing. God is always with us, delivering us, bringing us out and over our bridges of troubled water. Yes, it won't be easy to pick up our way through the aftermath of our experiences, but we can take an important first step in the right direction. Yes, pray, reading our word, putting on the whole armor of God so we can stand from head to toe against everything. And remember that the Hebrew boys didn't get burned when they were put into the fire, the furry furnace, because Jesus was with them, and Jesus is with us too. And I want to encourage everyone that is listening to this to read the book of Lamentations for yourself. It's a book in the Bible to bring encouragement and to help to endure the hardships of life. Jesus says that we will have trials and tribulations in this world, but he leaves us his peace as a promise, and he has overcome the world. Rise today. Keep on doing the things that are God, that we are guided to do by the Holy Spirit, and he will bring us out. He promised to restore us and to lift us up. Yes, disasters will happen. We all have them in our life. And there is no quick and simple way to recover from the wounds and the losses that we've had to endure. But Jesus, again, I said then, he's standing at the door knocking. Let's open the door, let him in, and let him sit with us, and let him sit at the head of the table and teach us and, and teach us some things and pray with us and guide us. Um, it's likely that the events in our past have pushed us beyond our limits as we think. If we feel overwhelmed, remember that our reaction is normal. Our cases are not hopeless, and time does heal everything um, and heals all of our wounds. Ecclesiastes says it best. There's a time and a season for everything. Take your time to pray for yourselves, for your family, and for your friends. Pay attention to what's going on. Don't be afraid to ask the hard questions like I say again. How could a loving God allow this to happen? And it's okay to ask those questions. What sense does this make? It's okay to ask that question. Don't get so bottled up that you can't get to the pool of Bethesda to heal. Don't get discouraged. And if you don't get the answers you're seeking, God hasn't guaranteed that you that you'll get all your answers solved in one sitting. It is a process. Just trust the process. Faith without works is dead, so work through the process. He does promise to stand beside us through thick and thin. Remember the words of the Apostle Paul. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Sharp tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, through which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. He rose so that we can rise above and out of our stuff. Cast all of your anxieties on him because... He cares for you. And know this, 
Jesus can heal everything that, uh, in our body and out of our body, in our mind and in our spirit. Like I say again, there's no magic pill. Faith without works is dead, so we have to do our work. Remember this scripture, in the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Remember this, but let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy, and, and may your shelter them, may you shelter them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. And one last scripture, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, your righteous ones, you righteous ones, and shout for all, all you who are upright in the heart. Have a blessed and wonderful day, and may Jesus continue to be with you as you're jumping out and with your parachute. Amen.